0: Welcome to the All Things Nintendo Podcast. I'm Brian Shea from Game Informer, and this is a weekly podcast to discuss all the biggest news and games from the world of Nintendo. If you listened to it, I hope you enjoyed our spoiler-filled discussion about The Legend of Zelda Tears of the Kingdom last week, but we are back this week talking about the latest news and some impressions of recent and upcoming games. Joining me for this first segment is Game Informer's own Marcus Stewart. Marcus, how are you doing? I'm doing wonderful, wonderfully wonderfully. I'm glad. I'm glad that you were doing wonderfully we Thank have you. a little bit of news to cover here. And uh, one of them is about an app that is, you know, it, it it plays off of something that is foundational for making sure that you are feeling wonderfully. And it just so happens to be a Pokemon story, which is Pokemon Sleep. How are you feeling about this app so far?
1: I swear you saved me specifically for the Pokemon stuff. <laughs> I do. <laughs> um, I Remind me, is this the one that like literally just tracks you as you sleep? So yes. Like that's that's like the thing. Um it is the thing. Okay. Um why? I guess like what's <laughs> that's
0: that's, that's L- my listen, question. Everybody needs a lifestyle app at this point, right? Sure. Like, I don't know. Like it is the one of the weirder Pokemon things. Like I mean, there is that Pokemon game or the Pokemon app where it like tracks your teeth brushing, right?
1: Right. So, they just need apps for like they're gonna have a Pokemon app for every aspect of just your existence like let's be and,
0: real Pokemon go all that is is Pokemon
1: walk, right? yeah, I was gonna say like guess this like their Fitbit they don't have like a, a step tracker for Pokemon yet
0: and that's all I mean Pokewalker back in the heart gold soul silver days that was a literally oh. a pedometer. Oh, God.
1: See, I was just joking. I didn't know
0: that. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Pokemon Go was just the evolution of that. <laughs> no, not even pun intended there.
1: Well, I have to ask. If they have one thing they have to get right with Pokemon Sleep. Is Jigglypuff the like the main character?
0: No, Snorlax is. But that's also a good choice.
1: Yeah, yeah I guess.
0: <laughs> Snorlax, famously asleep.
1: Yeah, I mean, I was hoping we'd get the, like, the specific Jigglypuff from the anime that, like, would bother them with her singing and stuff.
0: But they, she would also smack the crap out of you if you fell asleep, so... That, oh, she would I draw know.
1: stuff on you. I don't, she wouldn't always hit you. Sometimes she would
0: hit you. But anyway, the news coming out of this is nothing super in-depth. I was just curious of your feelings about it. All it is is pre-registration is available now on Android and iOS, and there are reports floating around that it's going to be coming out. Later this month, um, I don't know. I think I'm probably gonna give it a shot just to see what it's like. I, I, I guess you're supposed to put your phone by your your pillow, and it tracks your sleep, and then you uh, you fill out your sleep decks or whatever. I think that's what it was like. It, based on how much you sleep and how often you let it track your your, <laughs> your unconscious state, then <laughs> you get sleep points or something. I don't know. It, it's a very extra- weird thing.
1: You get extra points if you dream about Pokemon. <laughs> they really want to make sure you got that brand synergy at all times. Um, is this a free app?
0: I believe so. If it's not, then it's dead on arrival, right?
1: <laughs> and also, does it have any any sort of like integration with like the main games? Like, can I import Pokemon Sleep data into? Um, oh God, what's the most recent game? Scarlet and Violet. I doubt it.
0: I don't think there's any so integration do- whatsoever.
1: Okay, I don't know what you would do with that, but I was just wondering if...
0: Pokemon Go didn't have any integration for the first year of its existence. And then when Let's Go Pikachu and Eevee came out, you could integrate it with those games a little bit. Right. So I don't know if there's going to be any kind of integration down the line for Pokemon Sleep. But yeah, if you want to pre-register, you can do it on Android right now. And then iOS, it says stay tuned. So that's the news of Pokemon Sleep. Don't worry, Marcus, we are done with Pokemon, so we're right. going to move on. Uh, how are you feeling about Mario Kart 8? You want to talk about that game? Yeah, that
1: game's great. I'm always feeling good about Mario Kart 8.
0: We finally have the full list of courses coming to wave five of the booster course pass for that that game. You know, there's six waves. Each one has eight courses. We already knew that Wiggler, Petey Piranha, and Kamek were being added as new characters in this course, as well as... A new level called Squeaky Clean Sprint. That was all out of the uh, Nintendo Direct that came out last month. But now we got a new trailer showing the full list. So uh, Sunset Wilds is from Super Circuit. Daisy Cruiser is from Double Dash. We get both Moonview Highway and Koopa Cape from Wii. And then we get a trio of games from Mario Kart Tour, which is Athens Dash, Los Angeles Lap, and Vancouver Velocity. So, how are you feeling about this wave?
1: Sounds good. I'm. I'm most interested. In, I don't remember. Like, I can't remember the tracks from the the older games very well. Like, like the Daisy one from Double Dash. Like, just because mm-hmm. it's been so long. But I'm most excited to play the tour tracks. I've never played tour, so those yeah. are those will pretty much be brand new to me. Uh, and they're they're always feeling
0: among the best out of any wave. Because there's always the ones that I'm like least excited about. Because I'm like, eh, I don't know about this. Like, it's just like the courses brought over from the mobile game. But then when I play them, I'm like, oh, yeah, it's obvious these are newer than the ones on, like, N64 or Super Circuit, you know? Right. So So, those are the ones I'm most looking forward to, I think. I I don't have a whole lot of love for... I think Koopa Cape is the one that I recognize the most from the kind of legacy list. But Squeaky Clean Sprint, being an all-new level, is
1: one that I'm also very excited about. Yeah. I mean, hey, any new track you add to that game is going to be any more reason to fire it up i'm happy with basically played a little bit of it over the weekend with uh with some family members so that was it's always a great
0: time that they requested it, it wasn't like hey does anybody want to play mario kart 8 it was like hey you have your switch can we play mario kart it's it's there's a reason it's the top selling switch game of all time it's oh, just, yeah, did everybody loves mario kart i did win actually did you
1: school your family
0: I did. I, I only came in one race, not first place, and that was because it was the least lucky I've ever been with like getting hit with shell after shell after shell after shell like on the final lap. It was Better unbelievable, it. but I still came in third, so I, I felt good about it. Hell yeah. But anyway, that Booster Course Pass Wave 5 is out next week, so it's coming up, and then we only have one wave after that, so I'm excited to see what they do because I think there's still going to be three or four characters that they can add or that they're planning on adding because when I was looking at the uh, the character select screen, there's a bunch of question marks, and they're going to fill out three of them with this this wave, and the final wave. I guess we're going to get new new characters and also uh, more levels. So, who knows if they're going to try to end it with a bang? Like maybe they've been sending, saving something really cool for the final wave, or maybe it's just going to be like, okay, well, here's all we have left.
1: <laughs> I'm trying to think of who's noteworthy in Mario that they that isn't in that game's eraser. Because otherwise, us Donkey Kong
0: Junior. Give us like the original Donkey Kong from Super Mario Kart. Ooh, that it, Funky Kong. Funky Kong, yes, absolutely. I mean, why not? Just give us the weirdest things possible. We went down a list when they had the Nintendo Direct um, and they first announced that there were going to be characters coming in addition to the, the courses. And I think it was when I had Ben Hansen on, we were talking about like what characters that already are in Mario Kart, but like not Mario Kart 8 Deluxe would be the best fits, and... Go find that episode if you can. I know that our podcast feed only goes back about 20 episodes, but you can go on GameInformer.com and listen to that. and There's time stamped and everything just as, as usual. Hmm. But uh, this is a kind of a smaller story coming out of Twitter. And I'm looking at NintendoLife.com here. Uh, the news surrounds the director of Super Mario RPG's reaction to the announcement of the remake during last month's direct. Here's his quote, which was kind of joyful. He said, quote, Oh, oh my God, finally. Both the art and music are wonderfully upgraded. I'm really looking forward to seeing how the feel of various mini games and fields evolves. Um, And then when uh, Fujioka, was the director, was asked about it, he said, because somebody said, are you involved with the remake? And he said that he's, quote, very surprised and pleased with the news. So he's not involved with the uh, with the remake at all. So how important do you think it is for the original creators to be involved with remakes?
1: I think that depends on the team that's working on it you know because if it's like the same team then uh, yeah it's always I feel like sometimes like all can get a little like out of hand with games because it's like it's always a team effort you know yes there's a creative mind but you know that varies depending on the game just how much of that person is like in the game Mm -hmm. uh and I don't really know in this case um but like Maybe because it's a Nintendo, I'm like, yeah, I'm sure they have faith. And if it's gonna be like a, like closer to a one to one, then it shouldn't really matter because it's like, hey, we're not like changing a ton. We're just gonna take the thing you did and make it look nicer. So we don't really need you for that. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. In terms of like the writing and like the core concepts, you know, it's like, oh, we're just sort of like dusting off, you know, giving it a little tweaky tweak. Um,
0: there seems to be some division on that because I don't know if you saw when konami announced the metal gear solid 3 remake yeah and uh there were some people that were like well you guys pretty much showed kojima the door so uh (laughs) what's the deal with this like what 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 are you guys gonna do with this one
1: yeah see that one i'm a little a little more concerned just because kojima puts so much of himself into those games you know Mm -hmm. and you know the even though it's a different thing, like, you know, they did Metal Gear Survive, which was like their post-Kojima Metal Gear, and it just... And it wasn't good? Yeah, for a variety of reasons, but a lot of it is like, it felt like they tried to replicate his, like, quirkiness, but it just wasn't the same, right? You know what I mean? It's like someone doing a Kojima impression, almost. Um, so, like, with... Again, on paper, you think it should be fine. Like, hey, if you don't fiddle with it too much, it should, it should just be a nicer version of that game, but... You know, it it just depends on how much work they do to it. It's like, are they going to take out things that are so Kojima for like almost like petty (laughs) reasons? You know,
0: that's so Kojima. That's my favorite Disney
1: Channel show growing up. I would absolutely watch a Disney Channel sitcom starring young Hideo. Like, you know, how young rock (laughs) on Peacock. Like we need young Kojima. Like we need the origin story of how he became the person he is.
0: (laughs) Young Rock, where he plotted how he was going to manipulate the numbers to make it seem like Black Adam was a bigger hit than it
1: was. (laughs) Every episode of Young Kojima is just him watching like five movies as a little kid. And just taking notes like, man, I I do love Escape from New York, I guess. (laughs) He he
0: loves Escape from New York. But anyway, uh, Super Mario RPG. I I don't think I'm too concerned that uh, Chihiro Fujioka, Fujioka is involved or not involved with this this game, because he seems happy about it. It seems like they're staying pretty loyal and faithful to the original game. And, uh, you know, it's 27 years removed, so there's not a whole lot of people that are left that worked on the original game that are still going to be with any company, really. I mean, uh, 27 years is a lot of people probably have retired or left the industry by that point.
1: Yeah, pretty much.
0: Uh, but anyway, that's out on Switch November 17th. Something that is not coming to Switch, but uh, is Mario related. Early last week, we learned about a collaboration between Mario and Oreo. Do you see this news?
1: Yeah, Morio. Is that how we combine that? Is that the portmanteau?
0: My uh, my post summary on GameInformer.com because so I wrote up the story was, it's a me, Oreo, of course. You know, that's, okay. that's, that was, of course, the uh, the whatever we'll move on brilliant so (laughs) the collaboration includes 16 unique embossments including mario luigi yoshi goomba bowser bowser jr superstars and others and the packs are filled at random so you can't go there and be like hey i want the luigi pack and then they put out a social media challenge where they want people to see how many cookies they can stack on the rim of a glass of milk and if you stack enough i guess it saves peach from bowser's castle And uh, that's basically just a way for you to waste your Oreos, right? Uh, I mean... Like, hey, we want you to use as many cookies as you can from this special collaboration (laughs) until they fall in the milk or fall on the ground, and then you have to go buy more if you want to actually eat them.
1: Yeah, I mean, you know, value is subjective if you buy it specifically for that. Maybe it's not a waste to to you, I guess, and your dollars. Um, I will not be doing that. I will be admiring the pretty little artwork and then i will put be putting them in my mouth and, and chewing mario up because uh oreos are very good
0: however did you see this that oreo senior brand manager this is sweetening the pot right here Tease a surprise for a thank you for those who stack their cookies high enough
1: i feel like that's how do you prove that legit in an age where it's very easy to just like manipulate photos and videos it's like just go on like An AI image generation be like (laughs) Empire
0: State Building built out of Oreo cookies,
1: (laughs) or like yeah, you just like take like make a decently tall photo like stack of them, and then just duplicate that stack and put it on top of it. Well, I think they want like Photoshop. Oh, they want video. I mean, you you could easily do the same thing in videos, but um, yeah, like okay, that's cool. I mean, good luck trying to parse the the fakes from the real ones. Um,
0: I don't think it's like anything of monetary value. I think it's probably like you get like a a special video with mario thanking you or something i don't know i mean
1: i would take just free oreos i don't even need the money because oreos are (laughs) great i had a revelation recently that i i was like i think oreos might be the best cookie ever made huh and the reason i say that is because like like i had chips ahoy recently for the first time in a long time uh and i realized how garbage they are now um and they have been for a while but i i realized that because it's so it's because it's so easy to make your own chocolate chip cookie like the recipe is very simple and it's always going to be infinitely better than a store-bought chocolate chip cookie especially chips ahoy but you can't replicate an oreo you have to buy oreos if you will even if you make your own sandwich cookie it's not the same it's like there's something about the oreo recipe that is so distinct because i've had quote-unquote fancy versions of oreos from like you know like confectioner's shops or whatever and you're like, this is good, but it doesn't, it's not an Oreo. <laughs> you know, does that make sense?
0: Yes. Like two questions. Yes. Have you ever had the Costco chocolate chip cookies? I have not.
1: Like are they sandwich cookies or chocolate chip?
0: They are chocolate chip cookies. Okay. No, I haven't. They are very good. And I two, don't go to Costco very often. Have <laughs> you had the Chips Ahoy with Reese's in them?
1: Yeah, like a really long time ago.
0: Those are those are very good. I will go to bat for the the Chips Ahoy with Reese. But yeah, like I, I get what you're saying though. Like there, you could make a chocolate chip cookie and throw like pieces of a Reese's peanut butter cup in it, and it would probably taste pretty good as well. Oreo, it's a lot harder to replicate that, and also especially when they have these custom embossments like the uh, the Mario ones that they're talking about here.
1: Yeah, you would have to steal their like. It'd be like stealing uh, like money mints, like the the prints, like a counterfeit <laughs> operation. So you can make your own like you, you have to break into the the vault at Oreo <laughs> to get to get the Mario mint. Oh, it sounds like a great movie plot. Personally, if someone wants to make that, <laughs> uh, it's like we got to make our own counterfeit special edition Oreos. <laughs> Just, somebody signed Nicolas Cage up for it. There we go. I'm going to
0: steal the Mario Oreo embossment.
1: I just want to hear him say Mario. Has he ever uttered the name Mario, like, publicly?
0: Oh, God. I'm sure. I mean, we have Danny DeVito talking about Pikachu because people asked him, like, if he's going to play Detective Pikachu. And he's like, I don't even know what Pikachu is.
1: Yeah, like, I just want to see him on stage just with his, like, Nicolas Cage draw Like, Mar- Mario? Super-, Super Mario?
0: When he came out for Dead by Daylight, Jeff Keighley should have just said, say Mario. Yeah. Come on. Come on say Have more. you seen come that on, Mario
1: movie? What are your thoughts on Mario? <laughs> Just real quick. I need to know. Well, did he say like
0: his kids were like gamers or like his, his it's nephews like his... or something?
1: Yeah, or like, I don't know how many kids he has. I know he has at least a son. Like his son is the one that's like super into Dead by Daylight. That's what oh, okay. So that's why we understand. got involved with it.
0: Yeah. Could you imagine the Dead by Daylight? developers when they heard that nicholas cage's nephew or son or whatever was like super into dead by daylight and they're like that's our in we could get nicholas cage in our (laughs) game and (laughs) then somebody's like there's no chance no (laughs) chance nicholas cage is going to be a dead by daylight and then fast forward like seven months and he's on stage at
1: the game awards they're like if we dm the son like we'll look up his screen name and then we'll send him a message to connect us to his dad (laughs) it's easy
0: (laughs) see it's so easy All right, we got one more news story here, Marcus. Last week, we learned that four new Genesis games were joining the Nintendo Switch Expansion Pack catalog. And uh, let me know if you have any affection for any of these. So we have Revenge of Shinobi, which is a sequel to the classic side-scroller. We have Ghouls and Ghosts, which is a sequel to Ghosts and Goblins, which is known for its insane difficulty. We have Landstalker, which is one I have not heard of. That is a treasure-hunting game where you play as a forest elf that solves puzzles. And we have crusader of Senti, another one that i don't know anything about it's an action rpg where you fight off invading monsters alongside animal companions and you can have special abilities that include time travel so what are these doing for you
1: uh those last two i have no idea what those are uh, ghouls and ghosts is fun but like you mentioned it's super hard so it's one of those games i like attempting everything because i've never beaten it <laughs> uh, but i will attempt it every handful of years and be like this is the this is the one i'm a pro gamer now right i should be able to (laughs) handle this and then you go oh just kidding um and then uh, i know i've played it on one of the hundred genesis collections that have come out (laughs) since the genesis was around it's not it's not tied to the actual shinobi series right i think it is is it, okay, this is Revenge, but I not know, because, you know, back in the day, they're like, I don't know, we'll make a, a, a similar series to try to rope in that audience. Is it, because I, I like Shinobi, like, one and two.
0: I could be wrong. I could be entirely wrong, but I think it is
1: connected in some way. Okay. Um. But yeah, I mean, I I don't have any opinion of it. I just, I know I've played it at some point and was probably like, this is okay.
0: the right assessment there this is okay um yeah i mean i i don't know these aren't gonna get me to really fire up my genesis catalog on the switch expansion by the way i am shocked at how little i utilize the genesis catalog on the switch like are you really i use the super nes one often i use the game boy advance one a decent amount the n64 one now that i have the controller I use a good amount. I, I mean, I, I, that's how I played Majora's Mask in its entirety, and the NES, NES one I, I fire up every now and then. But the Genesis one just feels like I never even touched that, and I think a lot of that is because Sonic Origins is like this has all the games that I would want to play on a, it's in a better version. So I don't know. I think that um, these are they're nice to haves, but it's not anything that's going to change the game for me.
1: Yeah, I think my thing is that. Like I mentioned before, there's been so many Genesis collections over the years that I've played most of the games on here, like, multiple times within the last 20 years. So the novelty isn't quite as there. Something that's like, oh, man, I this hasn't been ported or I haven't played this in a while. It's like, oh, yeah, Golden Axe. Like, yeah, I've I've done that before <laughs> in a modern setting. Same with, like, Comic Zone and, and you know, uh, Fantasy Star and whatever. The only game that's in there that I really do want to check out is, like... Uh, Castlevania Bloodlines, I've never played. Yeah, and, you know that was the Genesis exclusive Castlevania. Uh, Contra Hardcore, I've never played. Oh god, um, oh. yeah, Hardcore is oof. That's a hard one. It's I mean, that's very just Contra,
0: right? <laughs> I mean, the original is there an Contra. Easy Contra? Was, the original Contra was tough, but it wasn't that tough. I feel like Contra Hardcore. I would. I, I feel like I died almost immediately when I played that game when I was younger. Like, it wasn't even like I got through the first level. There was no onboarding process, essentially.
1: Right. Yeah, I mean, they're probably like, yeah, oh, you've played these games, right? You don't need to teach you <laughs> anything. You, you know you're going to die. You know the Konami code. May as well punch it in now <laughs> uh, and and try to have fun. Um, but yeah, pretty much everything else that I've seen in here, I'm like, okay, yeah, I've played I've played these multiple times, so. Yes, yeah, Crusader of no
0: seems like it might be a cool one to check out. I don't know. I was watching the the trailer, and it seemed like it might be fun. But those there is games, a
1: go ahead. Sorry, I, I forgot. I've been wanting to check out Pulse Man, which is the game, the Game Freak game that was added recently. I did want to see that. about that. Yeah, I don't think that. I think that is like the first time. Is that the first time it's been available in the states, or has been ported in any way? Oh, I, I think, I think it, that was sort of the story around. It. It's like oh this weird like forgotten oddity from Game Freak's portfolio.
0: Yeah, I mean that that's right before they they put out uh <laughs> Pokemon, so that's like right before they truly hit it big even though they had some mild hits before that. Um Yeah,
1: I have that in my mental like checklist of like I need I need to fire it up at some point. <laughs> mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. But these four games that we talked about today are available now on the Nintendo Switch Online Plus Expansion Pack subscription. We have three games that we're going to talk about here, Marcus. I'm oh. going to talk about two of them, their uh, previews, and then you're going to give me a brief review of a game that you just published a review for. Uh, first up, Wild Card Football. This is a game that I played while I was out. Oh, actually, both of these are games I played while I was out at Summer Game Fest. The embargo lifted just this week or last week, and so I'm going to talk a little bit about it. Wildcard football, it's a an arcade-style football game that has the Players Association license. So you have all these NFL stars in it, however, they don't have the NFL license. There's no like official teams, there's no stadiums or jerseys or anything like that. So it's all like kind of like teams built around the quarterbacks. And it, it plays off that it's almost like NFL Blitz meets Mario Kart, is kind of the elevator pitch for this, where Before each play, you kind of draw a card, and the cards have power-ups, and each power-up requires a certain amount of energy, and, like, the the power-ups are kind of absurd. It's like, there's one that that really feels like it's pulled right from Mario Kart, where it's like, you get balls of electricity that circle around you as you're running down the field, and, like, if players can hit you, then, like, they have to avoid the electric the electric balls but otherwise like you know you're pretty much just invincible almost like the red shells that go around you and when you're playing mario kart right. there's one that like your player grows like a giant like literally like not even like oh he's a big human like it's literally like he's jacks it's like <laughs> like jacks from mortal Kombat. yes he's like uh like almost like the size of like when ant-man turns into giant man right okay where it's like he's just a massive person and he can just like it's perfect it's basically unstoppable for like a few yards so if you're like like he takes like three
1: steps and he's in the end zone
0: i mean he's huge so he can push and like players will jump and try to tackle him he just like plows them over and um there's another one where it's like you if you're on defense you can send a tornado like (laughs) through the field and like hit hit players um with that and there's and there's one that's like it it spawns a bunch of like pinball bumpers all over the field. So there's there's another one that's like UFOs will come and abduct players that like get stuck in their tractor beams. And oh, yeah. it, there's a and lot of like – This is based on a
1: real-life football league, right? This is what happens. <laughs> that's
0: what I said. I think I was – because like they had um, some some NFL players. So they had Colin Kaepernick and they had uh, Amon Ross St. Brown from the Detroit Lions there. And I made a joke and it, I think it, it, it kind of went over uh, one of their heads where I was just like – I don't know how to counter the, the tornado. That's only happened in like three times in the history of the NFL, and they just kind of laughed. Like, oh, what is this guy talking about? <laughs>
1: <laughs> but I'm assuming what you're saying is a true thing. No, the tornado has never come across. I would say has a tornado ever hit an NFL game? I don't
0: think so. <laughs> okay, <laughs> um, but yeah, so th- I had a fun time with it. Like, I only played it for a little bit, but it was a, it was a really good time, and I'm excited to see how it it uh, evolves because like I was just starting to get a sense for how the controls felt. When I was um, when I was like finishing up, because like it plays different from Madden, and like the controls are different from Madden, but like it's it's such an arcade experience. Like it, it really does feel like NFL Blitz and um, like NFL Street, like that lineage. But Ooh. then Mario Kart style power ups. So that's what I'm looking forward to. That comes out in October, um, and that's on Switch and pretty much every major platform. And then that I also cool yeah i mean if you like kind of like the arcade style sports games i do this this one seems like it would be up your alley um and then there's hot wheels unleashed 2 turbocharged and this one is a uh just a sequel to the game that came out i think in 2020 and this one adds more vehicles it it, like more than 130 vehicles they all have more customization options like you you can make like custom uh liveries i think that's how you pronounce maybe liveries i don't know i'm not i'm not good at at pronouncing that word uh (laughs) and but like also like you have new moves like you can jump you can strafe and that helps with like kind of battling alongside um the opposing racers and then there's also new course customization options so you can they already had course customization and it was very successful in the first game this one they're they're upgrading the suite of stuff there's a new way to acquire new vehicles, which was nice um, because it was kind of a, a crapshoot in the earlier game. This time, like there's like a, a shop that you can use to, to spend in-game currency. And there's also like a kind of like a spinning, like a spin that you can like get cards like through random methods that way. And they they were very adamant. They're like, yeah, but in those modes, there's no microtransactions, So you don't have to worry about that. So that was good to hear. And the racing just feels better it feels it feels more well tuned it feels like it they've learned a lot of lessons from the first game and uh you know they're 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 doing a lot of really cool stuff with it And you can upgrade the cars individually so like if you want to pour some resources into your favorite car you can reconfigure it to be better at certain things like in each car has like a different classification Like this one's like good for straightaways this one's good for off-roading and uh yeah i'm i'm Having, I had a good time with it the first, the the first few races that I did when I was out at Summer Game Fest, and I'm I'm, I'm thinking this is going to be a good racing game for people who are looking for something that's not Mario Kart on their Switch.
1: Yeah, I like that first game uh, more than I thought I would. I, I think that's probably the wrap for most people like that didn't really expect much from me. Me playing like, oh, this is actually a pretty solid arcade racer. And I also remember it being surprisingly difficult. Like the the AI was like ruthless Tough. Yeah. yeah like i was like oh my god i'm getting like fourth fifth place like consistently and i i feel like i'm doing pretty good
0: and they said that was one of the other improvements they they further fine-tuned the ai and it's a little bit more fair now because even when i played it before announcement they gave me a playable build for the first game before it was even announced and they were, i was like oh my god they're the ai is just destroying me and they were like oh yeah don't worry we're gonna fix that before the game goes out and they did but it wasn't enough. Like they, they definitely did <laughs> they not address it They the slider
1: down by one. <laughs>
0: but yeah, I, I'm looking forward to that. That is coming out on October 19th and that's on Switch and all the other major platforms. But Marcus, we're going to wrap up this news segment by uh, talking about a game that you reviewed recently that is on Switch now, but it's also on other platforms, which is, you reviewed, it, I think, on PlayStation. That is AEW Fight Forever. Talk to me about this game
1: yeah it's uh it's pretty solid but there's not enough there that's probably like the, <laughs> the condensed version of my review i gave it a 6.25 uh, out of 10 and you know the big thing with this game was like they were saying hey remember no mercy hey remember those wcw n64 games the the aki developed ones like we're gonna do that and it's and those are my favorite
0: awesome. ra- r- favorite wrestling games of all time were those wcw nwo games so yeah was it uh WCW like World World Tour and then WWNWO Revenge, uh, Revenge. Yeah, the, Revenge yeah. was my jam back in the day.
1: Oh, that game's great. And same with like No Mercy and WrestleMania 2000. Like you know, they're all they all shared that same like gameplay engine. Uh, yeah, a lot of people hold those games in in high regard, uh, deservedly so. And so like you know, it was exciting to hear AEW talk about uh, we're gonna go do one of those. And you know, Kenny Omega who was like. A uh, big sort of like part of like this game's uh, creation. He's a huge gamer himself and has cited those games as like some of his favorites ever. So you're like, OK, like that'd be cool. Like just to have a nice alternative to the WWE 2 k series, which are very like sim heavy, mm-hmm. um, even though the, mo- the two most recent ones, they've scaled that back a little bit. Just make them a little more, I guess, not arcadey, but like not as mechanically dense. That was after um,
0: kind of they reworked it after what was was it 2020 that was just a disaster. Yeah, 2K20 was a bad game, <laughs> and then they took a couple years off, right? Yeah, and now they're back, and they they seem like they reworked it more towards kind of the at least a little less sim heavy.
1: Yeah, they they definitely absorbed some of the feedback, um, and that's kind of um that's kind of an unfortunate thing for AEW of like. When this was first pitched, because this game was announced in like fall of 2020, so it's been around almost as long as AEW has existed as a company. Because you know they kickstarted in in 2019, and at the time, again, that pitch was so compelling because you're like, oh man, I'm tired of these WWE games because TK20 was bad, and now they're on a hiatus, and who knows if they're going to come back strong. So like, this might be a breath of fresh air. And unfortunately, it's bad enough that this game is like. pretty like underwhelming but it also came out in a year where the most recent WWE game actually reviewed pretty well (laughs) so it's like you know what i mean like they had all the time when the games were bad and then the when they finally come out and their game is lacking and then their main competition finally got their act together (laughs) i know
0: yeah it's like if only this came out in 2020
1: Right, you're just like, oh, missed the boat. Or but, um, when yeah.
0: when they were on hiatus, right? Like that would have been perfect.
1: Yeah, and it, you know, games take a while, so it's like you know, it probably wasn't going to hit that anyway. But I mean, because this was made by Ukes, who was the longtime developer of WWE. In fact, he they left during 2K20's development, like midway through, which is one of the reasons that game wound up being a disaster. Mm. Um, but yeah, you know, so it wasn't like they didn't get anyone. It's like they got. In a weird way, they got the spiritual successor to the old pairing of Yooks and THQ, you know, in this case, being THQ Nordic that published it, Mm -hmm. which, you know, THQ and Yooks, people remember seeing those names anytime you booted up a SmackDown game or SmackDown versus Raw (laughs) and stuff. So it's almost like a weird, like, the bands back together, sort of, kind of. And I will say the gameplay, it is mostly fun. Like, it does feel pretty good, with some exceptions like it it feels snappier it like the inputs feel easier like because you know like the no mercy and wcw games it's all about building momentum to you earn a finisher and then you know you can uh use that finisher or you can uh you can turn signatures into finishers and you can also beat the finishers out of people because when you start taking too much abuse you lose your stored up power-ups uh there's also like buffs for doing different things like oh you
0: buff bagwell? do a lot of
1: strikes uh yes buff bagwell he's a, he's back <laughs> you know his real name is marcus by the way really yeah marcus bagwell it's one I of the few marcuses in wrestling that i know of <laughs> i don't know why i had such a reaction to that yeah it's a georgia boy uh
0: but uh congratulations
1: <laughs> shout out to buff bagwell big fan of the show um, <laughs> maybe but um yeah and uh, like hitting a finisher is as simple as just like flicking the right stick and generally like grappling and and moving around like it feels pretty good i don't know if it quite has the same snap as like no mercy but it's not terribly far off you know what i mean Mm -hmm. um there are some like ai issues like i think the ai can be questionable especially during tag team matches um I think the tutorial system or lack thereof is a problem because even though this is an easier pick up and play game, there's some essentials that you don't really learn until you kind of mess around. And the only real thing that they have to teach you are these tool tips that only appear when you play a match for the first time. Or if you're playing the story mode, it shows up kind of sporadically and at points that don't make sense of like. I was playing the main story mode and they're like, I don't know how to target people. And I'm in these tag team matches where I have two opponents that I need to be able to snap to at any time. And I feel like I'm targeting the guy that's outside the ring and not the person that's actively attacking me. Ah. And after doing multiple of those in a row, I got to like my first like triple threat. And then a window popped up saying like, Hey, this is how you target. And it's like, I don't know why that wouldn't be earlier. <laughs> or, why did not you lead with that? Or like WWE does, where the first time you boot up a 2K game, you, you have to go through a tutorial before you do anything. Yes. Uh, and it, it, it just stands out more when you uh, take that into account, as well as just... How good fighting games have gotten in general with tutorials. Like Street Fighter 6 has an excellent tutorial system. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's like, oh, to not really have anything is a problem. Cause I was like bumbling around trying to figure out like how do I do this basic thing in this game and trying not to do it the WWE way. But that aside, gameplay, it's like a really strong start. <laughs> like I hope they get a chance to iterate on it. The roster is pretty thin. Uh it's only like under 60 competitors total and it's like pretty unbalanced because it's like 36 guys and only 13 women and that includes referee aubrey edwards a friend of the show uh who's i mean she only recently competed in her first match (laughs) but it's like eh, she's a referee like there's a lot of women you could throw in here i don't know (laughs) how is there only 13 and it's cool that you can do intergender matches for like everything like you can pair the men and the women against each other in any match but I, I feel like that might've been just to sort of make up for like the lack of matchup diversity.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, and again, like AW has a, a giant roster. So it's like, I don't expect every person to be in here, but it, it's, it's still just thin. It's like, there's some, they, they got like the core guys or most of them, but there's still like some pretty big names that just did not make the cut. Like a, and there's some DLC coming, but there's only like six superstars total. Um, but you're like, oh, there's no Samoa Joe. There's no Jamie Hader. The acclaimed isn't here. Like all these other guys that you know and love, Brian. Uh, I, I know all those people. Yeah, you've been to one AEW show. So I have been. You're qualified somewhat for this conversation, you know? I know there's <laughs>
0: those guys who come out of the jungle and there's that song that they play that I really like.
1: Yeah, they broke up. Um, oh,
0: okay. Well, and actually, the the one, AEW's dead to me.
1: Yeah, and actually the, the one that had the song just stopped using it because he's a bad guy now. And he he straight up told us on the microphone that we're never gonna hear that song again. <laughs> so because we liked it too much. <laughs> that was that was fun when they
0: came out and everybody was was singing. Waving along. their arms and stuff.
1: Yeah. yeah, that that's that's done, I'm afraid. That was um. my one moment of crowd participation. <laughs> um but yeah, so like the roster is pretty weak. The match types, not a ton. It's kind of like your standard like singles, doubles, triple threat, fatal four-way, ladder match. And it's got like the two of the AEW staples, like Casino Battle Royale and um, and uh, gosh, uh, exploding barbarian death match. Though they did just announce a free update today, as we're recording, that they're adding Stadium Stampede in a free update. Um, but there just still isn't a, quite enough there. And then, other than that, there are these mini games that are just bad. They're kind of fun in terms of how silly they are. Like there's a, like a rhythm music one where you're kind of doing Simon Says matching like prompts to follow a beat. So you see like a line of wrestlers like doing almost like YMCA poses, trying to match another wrestler. <laughs> uh, it, but it's like you do it once and you never want to do it again, basically. At least uh, they're
0: trying something different. Like that's what you can tell or can say for them.
1: Yeah. It's like, this isn't good, but I appreciate the attempt. Um, And then the other, the other thing is like the, the main story mode, which is called road to elite. It's very short and it's just very bland and kind of bare bones. You're just kind of playing through one calendar year of AEW, which translates in the game to 16 weeks for pay-per-views. Uh, it just, isn't <laughs> there's just not enough there. You're just kind of playing matches and you get a couple of like very, very punctuated, uh, punctuated versions of like old storylines from like two years ago, like the Pentacle versus the, the inner circle, for example, uh, you're only chasing a couple of titles, one of which is the FTW Championship, which isn't even a recognized title in the company. It's kind of more like a gimmick prop belt. So you're like, oh, we could the TNT Championship's right there. We're not going to use that one, okay? Um, they have the TNT license then. I mean, it's TNT's show. Like technically, I mean, I have no idea. I don't I've know how that works, works. I guess, but it's kind of like uh, the, the, can't use that. Uh, the The thing that and also, in between the matches, you're encouraged to do these kind of like slice of lifestyle activities where like, hey, you got to go to the gym to work out so you can earn stat points and you got to go sightseeing and you got to go eat. And that stuff is just so it's kind of goofy because there's like a few just bizarre moments where, you know, you're running into wrestlers like I'm going to go visit the Washington Monument or something because I'm in D.C. Or, uh, you know, for Minneapolis, uh, you know, does game informer. Reference uh, where one of the restaurants is called Grub Informer and, <laughs> and they specialize in Juicy Lucy's. That's
0: perfect. And that's then the amazing. Site,
1: yeah. And then the sightseeing tour is like one of the 10,000 links. I don't remember the name. It had a long name that was like, I don't know how to pronounce that, but I assume that's a popular lake in Minnesota.
0: <laughs> is it Bitamakaska?
1: sure i don't know i mean that's like
0: (laughs) one of the most prominent lakes in minneapolis it used to be called lake calhoun but they changed it because uh there was
1: wait they changed it from calhoun to the longer more complicated name it was uh
0: because of the the actions of the man it was named after
1: oh he's a bad person gotcha yes i was (laughs) gonna say like that's not like we, we made this harder to pronounce uh okay um also the weird and this is showing like the the game's it's weird to say like that the game has a low budget feels again you're like thq isn't like a it's not like this is an indie studio or an indie publisher right um but it just there's just like a a lack of polish and presentation and like the visuals and and just some of the like bells and whistles were like a lot of the sightseeing locations are literally just like it looks like stock photographs that are like out of focus and like zoomed in and your character's (laughs) just kind of walking in front of it. Almost like they're walking in front of like an old, like an old timey movie set where it's just like, you know, Hey, this outdoor scene is actually just like a picture on a piece of like a big board basically, (laughs) but like worse than that because of how, how out of focus it is. And I was just like, and then the world map is like, It is a 3D model, but it is the most like I'm not I'm not exaggerating when I say it is, but I think it it might be like a PS1, maybe early PS2 looking world map where like it's just these really blocky buildings with like flat textures and almost to the point where like did we need to see an animation of a plane flying city to city if it looks this bad maybe this should have just been a load screen (laughs) you know (laughs) because the game loads super fast at least on ps5 so it's like yeah we don't really need to see this if it's gonna look this rough
0: (laughs) well i mean hopefully the age-old like reason for how why these games this especially like kind of like sports games such as this are weak in their early iterations is because, you know, they they have all these grand ambitions, but they can't get them all into the first entry. And like, this is kind of laying the groundwork. And hopefully future games, if they get a chance to make another AEW game, will be what people are actually wanting. Because it sounds like it it's a good start, but it just falls short in almost every area.
1: Yeah, like the creation mode is bare bones of barely anything to really mess with to make people which is always that's
0: important in a wrestling game
1: oh yeah like you know that's that's uh, people spend hours in there like you can't trade superstars online or do anything like that so that's not worth messing around with and and yeah like i i'm i'm very curious to see how this game sells you know it'll be indicative of like because AEW's getting popular and popular i mean they're about to sell out wembley stadium next month for their first ever uk show uh You know, and that's not a small stadium. (laughs) No, no, that's a huge stadium. Yeah, and they're apparently doing really well selling that out. So, like, the brand's getting more popular, and they're still a young brand. They've been around, like, barely three, what, three and a half years now? Mm -hmm. Uh, So, I hope that this, like, I hope that it sells well enough, like you said, to get another game. Because I think the gameplay foundation is there. It's just, like, everything around it needs to catch up to it.
0: Makes sense. Well, you gave it a 6.25 on your review at gameinformer.com. Go check that out if you want to learn more i'm assuming there's also a new gameplay today Uh, am i right in that
1: uh no we don't have one
0: okay well forget that because that doesn't (laughs) exist um (laughs) all of your conversational discussion about this game is found right here on all things nintendo is there a segment on the game informer show
1: there is we talked about it last last week last there you go
0: if you want to hear more you can go listen to that episode of the game informer show it's our other podcast that we have you likely already know about it if you're listening to this show but if not Go check it out. Marcus is one of the hosts over there alongside our next guest, who is Kyle Hilliard and also Alex Van Aken. But before we usher you out of here, Marcus, tell people where they can find you on social media.
1: Hey, you can find me on Twitter if you decided to stay there (laughs) at Marcus Stewart 7, which is the number 7.
0: We are going to take our first break of this episode. And when we come back, Kyle Hilliard is going to join me to talk about one upcoming high profile switch game and one that just came out. We will be right back. Prior to the Nintendo Direct, there were two games on Nintendo's first-party schedule, and those two games are precisely what this main segment is going to be all about. Kyle Hilliard, who joins me now, has been playing the hell out of Pikmin 4, and I spent a chunk of my 4th of July weekend playing everybody 1-2-Switch. First up, Kyle, how are you doing today?
2: Good! Uh, I'm, I'm good. I'm curious to see who, had, who has been having more fun. Um, <laughs> yeah.
0: Well, we're going to start with yours, because yours is uh, just undeniably the bigger entry of these two games. So uh, I know you can't give a full review quite yet, but what can you tell us about your time with Pikmin 4 so far?
2: Oh, I can tell you the file size of the game. It's 30 (laughs) gigabytes. Um that it, that's always on our sort of like preview guidelines, which a little I, peek
0: I, behind the curtain. Nintendo is very meticulous with their yeah. embargoes,
2: which I think is funny, but also I think it is a thing that people do want to know genuinely um, that it's 30 gigabytes, which still has like just such a mind blowing thing that these Nintendo games are so freaking small.
0: <laughs> yeah. it, it's incredible, but it's also you have to, because it's not like the switch has like a 500 gigabyte internal hard drive.
2: Right. Yeah. But, uh, but, uh, yeah, to that point, I mean, Pikmin looks and plays really great. Um, I can talk about like the first two levels, um, and and, and you know what I played of that so far, and like it looks great, it, it feels great. I I think we're gonna talk about it more, but I played through Pikmin one recently for the first time, like I had dabbled in Pikmin one, I played and beat Pikmin two played and beat Pikmin three, and then went back and played Pikmin one recently, like when it released on switch. Mm -hmm. And it was really actually very nice to kind of play Pikmin one, which is a game that I like, turns out I I did enjoy and I liked, and I had a good time with, Um, but to, to actually see the sort of upgrade from one to four was, was cool because like, Pikmin follow you so much better. It's so much easier to throw them and manage them in specific places, right? Like in Pikmin 1, they're always getting like stuck on corners and like you lose like three or four here and there and then the day's over and you and, and you can see them on the map. So like you know where to go find them, but it's just like, it's like too late. So you just have a lot more Pikmin die on you in Pikmin 1 and that's always a bummer. But Pikmin 4, they like stay with you so much better and like you really like... I really only lost Pikmin to bosses like that was basically rather so far. You know, I've only lost Pikmin to bosses and uh, that's nice because like that's that's one thing that's always kind of rubbed me the wrong way about Pikmin is like some of these creatures have to die to succeed. And that's like seems to still be (laughs) the case here, but it's much cleaner and, and works better this time.
0: So how is that juxtaposition? You, know, you talked about a couple of like the the ways that the gameplay has improved from Pikmin 1 to Pikmin 4, but you know, what is that like a 20 years difference at this point? Oh my god.
2: Yeah, Geez. yeah, I can look. when did Pikmin 1 come out? I want to look that up. Was... Cuz I I played it like on a friend's GameCube like uh on a few occasions. Uh 2001. Is so when yeah, Pikmin 22 1 came years
0: came between and I... these games.
2: I remember like the thing that really turned me off was like when I really sat down to play it and, and saw how the mechanically how it worked, that the um the timer, which you only have 30 days to complete Pikmin one was uh, kind of grueling for me. Like it was just too intense and intimidating and I did not like it. Uh, and then um, another time I played it, I remember I, I, I had a friend who was like a little bit further into the game and they I had a collection of red Pikmin and I walked at, just into a pond you know i didn't know how the game worked and like I, 30 of them died like immediately and i was just like oh this is brutal i don't like what this like, <laughs> I, it made me feel terrible um but i've i like pikmin 4 takes care of those things um much much better there is no 30 day timer and you know if they get in the water you can call them back before they die i mean you can still drown pikmin if you're a sicko and you want to do that but it's a little bit harder for you
0: well, as we've seen with Tears of the Kingdom, nobody wants to hurt or harm any of these helpless characters.
2: <laughs> well, these ones do die, though, right? Like, <laughs> the Koraks are immortal, as near as we could tell. Uh, you can do anything you want to them, and they'll survive. But Pikmin, you throw a red Pikmin into a lake and don't call him back, he drowns pretty quickly, which is a bummer.
0: <laughs> so what are these two stages that you can talk about like? Like, what are you doing in these stages?
2: Uh, so that's like pretty typical Pikmin gameplay. Uh, let's see, what are they called? There's the, uh, Blossom Arcadia and the Sun Speckled Terrace. And you, you know, you, you have a day, right? You have a timer when you fall into these areas where, um, you, you know, you, I don't know. I think the in-game timing is like 20 minutes or something, right? is like, that's about how long you have in each area. And in that time, you have to gather Pikmin, you know, create new Pikmin, pick up treasures and fight enemies, and then uh carry their, like, carry their corpses back to your base to, like, receive energy. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> is truly what the mechanics of the game are. And, um you know, in the past, that, even that little sub timer bothered me. But uh, now I've kind of grown to like, I don't know, I would even go so far as to say that I like it. Like, it's nice to kind of like have the day to sort of look around and explore and see things that are like, oh, I'm not going to be able to get that today. I'm going to put that off tomorrow. And then it is satisfying to come back the next day and be able to complete it, you know, and that kind of thing. Um, but, you know, on, on a sort of mechanical level, the game is, you know, structurally similar to past Pikmin. But I just think it like plays better and looks better. And then And then you have Ochi. Like, Ochi is the big... Change for Pikmin for it's this dog that's with you, um, that you can train to like get smarter and be stronger and, and stuff like that. And Ochi functions initially as like as basically like a 10 Pikmin, like he he covers if there's something that's like needs seven Pikmin to pick up, you can send Ochi to go pick it up for you and he'll carry it oh, back to your base for you, yeah. And which is like, I was like, okay, that's cool, that's that's nice, I guess. But the big like advantage of Ochi. Is you can just with a button press like gather yourself and all your Pikmin to jump on his back. And that just makes like it just makes it so much smoother and and more fun to play, frankly, because as cool as it looks to have a group of like 50 Pikmin following you around like they're, they're hard to manage. Like it's hard to walk through a hallway or over a bridge. If you have this big group of Pikmin with you, but with Ochi, they're just, they're just all clumped together. Like it almost makes the, all the Pikmin feel like one playable character. And it just makes like traversal so much smoother. And it makes like just gathering everything so much smoother. Like initially when I was like, you know, as I've been playing early on, I, I, I kind of was almost felt like I was cheating with Ochi by like Mm -hmm. calling all the Pikmin to me. Like I just always ride around with all the Pikmin on Ochi. And like, the more I play, the more I'm like, I'm just going to always do that. There's, it's really rare that there's an advantage to keeping the giant group of the, you know, the cavalcade of Pikmin uh, uh, nearby, if that makes sense. Like it's just easier to have them on top of Ochi. There are puzzles where you have to separate from Ochi. Um, but uh, those are about the only instances where I'm not just like me and the Pikmin are not riding around on on his back. Um, so Ochi is like it, you know early on is like a big change, a big positive change, and it's like one of those things. I have no idea if there's going to be a Pikmin five in the future, but it's like one of those mechanics where it's like if Ochi's not in a future Pikmin, like if Ochi's not a big part of Pikmin five, like that would feel like a step back. after this entry
0: that's another thing though that like kind of shines a light on everything that has happened with the switch right where it's like all right smash brothers how are they ever going to do another smash brothers without blank without all the characters right yeah how are they ever going to do a mario kart with less courses and characters how are they going to do another zelda game without ultra hand like it seems like there's a trend of like all right well the switch has had like kind of if not the best entry then they're at least some of the definitive entries in these long-running series and i know you're not able to render a verdict on pikmin 4 just yet but you're saying something that is reminiscent of a lot of these these long-running franchises that have entries on switch where it's like how are they going to do another entry without blank
2: yeah yeah and that and that feels and that's like a to be fair like you can say that about a lot of like sequels and entries and you know, usually the answer is like, well, yeah, that mechanic just goes forward or, you know, they find something new right to do. Mm -hmm. But, um, yeah, I mean, it's, uh, you know, the next Pikmin, you know, Nintendo's smart, they could do something different and I'm sure they would figure out something cool, but it just like, it, it feels like such a strong, like new thing that it's like that's like okay this is this was a great idea and it's implemented well and uh it 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 makes it it makes it already like a step above the previous you know
0: now let me turn that back around do you see it being more difficult to go back to pikmin 3 2 or 1 after playing 4 just because of ochi
2: yeah i think so um yeah, that's hard because, like, I, I can't do that yet, but I bet it would be. I mean, to be fair, like, those games, you know, were designed without Ochi. They were meant to be played and beaten without Ochi. There are elements in Pikmin 4, even early on already, that I can tell, like, it's like, oh, they, they designed this with Ochi in mind. So, like, in one sense, maybe you would go back and not miss him, but, like, the, I, the big thing is just, like, moving around. Like I imagine if, if I went back even to three, you know, a game that I enjoyed and, and played when it came out, I bet just walking around without him, I would feel kind of naked. <laughs>
0: <You know? laughs> so prior to Pikmin four, what was your favorite Pikmin?
2: Oh uh, gosh. Good question. Uh, maybe, maybe two. Cause two had a good, I remember having a good co-op mode and I played it with a friend. Um, But, but it's funny. I don't, remember specific it was a long time ago man (laughs) like like that was like early college i think i was playing pikmin too um but uh yeah probably two for that reason but i three was the one that i was like all, all in on and like when it came out i i played and beat it right if that makes sense like that was the game i was playing right when it came out and i finished it Uh, two was one more that i just dabbled with with a friend over a long period of time Mm -hmm. if that makes sense and then one i i truly played for the first time like two weeks ago you know so three looks the best and probably plays the best but i think in terms of like just positive memories probably two just because you know it had a good system for playing with a friend
0: do you think that go ahead
2: i was just gonna say and four does have um a simple co-op mode, which is like more in line with like Mario Odyssey's co-op mode. I don't know if you ever dabbled with that, but it's like it's really more for like if you have a young player with you, if you have a kid or something, mm-hmm. they can kind of help out. That's sort of Pikmin Forest co-op mode.
0: Gotcha. Okay. And a lot of people, or a lot of people, Nintendo specifically. <laughs> has seemed to indicate this is a good jumping on point for people who have, may have not played a Pikmin game in the past. And you know what? I am largely that person. I've played a little bit of Pikmin 1, but that's about it. What is your recommendation to somebody like me in terms of from what you've played of these first two levels?
2: Oh, yeah. I mean, initially, like I've, I've, I'm have I've, pretty much always going to be a proponent of like play the latest version if that makes sense like like i'm not one to be to like be like oh you you can't play the the first you you can't play the third game if you haven't played the first and second game go play those first like i'm always going to be like yeah just play the new one
0: (laughs) can't play ocarina of time without (laughs) playing zelda nes
2: yeah exactly yeah tears of the (laughs) (laughs) kingdom it's like just jump into tears of the kingdom don't worry about breath of the wild just play the newest thing and like and that you know i i think that's true here like i i think I mean, it's nice that Pikmin 1, 2, and 3 are now all on Switch. It's nice that the whole series is available on Switch. Like, I'm kind of tempted to... Because I I have 1 and 2 now, and I played 3 on Wii U. I'm almost kind of tempted to go just pick it up, just to have, you know... Ha- we'll permanently have it like uh, all four games available on in my switch library but um, that's
0: that's a that's a bold word to use uh, for that. yeah
2: good point well if i go buy the 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 physical copy of uh pikmin three i can probably still find those um, i'm
0: sure they're out there somewhere yeah
2: i don't think one and two got physical releases i don't though. think so either man. i think well oh, man I, st- I still go physical pretty much uh if i have the option i i still always go physical really even on a portable console yeah uh-huh yeah i wow. just like because i have of you know i live in a house with two other people who have switches uh and it's like i don't i mean this well, this is a whole other side tangent but like i don't like uh a digital library that is completely out of my hands like nintendo could any company right like nintendo playstation xbox the the places i watch movies online i use voodoo a lot mm-hmm. um those libraries could be recalled at any moment, uh, you know, like if they decide it's not uh, profitable for them, as long as they're going to refund me all my purchases, like they could just disappear at any moment. <laughs>
0: yeah. So for a while, like I had a similar experience where like I, I was using movies anywhere. Yeah. And I guess like they their are licensing with anything you bought on iTunes just disappeared. because I was like on there with like looking for my John Wick movies. And I was like, why well, I, I know I own these movies on digital. Why can't I find them? And then I was like, oh, well, none of my Apple purchases are on here. So I had to go on the Apple TV app. It's not a huge Uh, deal. It's just like, okay, well, that's an example of when these licenses can expire. I mean, we just saw it with a bunch of Disney Plus stuff and Netflix stuff. It's like a bunch of movies are being removed. Not that, you know, hopefully they're not going to revoke your purchases, but... It's still something that we have to be conscious of. But I I agree with you. You're borrowing a
2: license. You're renting a license long term. You're not making a sort of purchase. Which is why I still like if it's my favorite movie, I'll still go buy Blu-ray. And if it's a video game, I will go get the disc or the cartridge.
0: Wow, that's dedication, especially since you have to download a lot of stuff usually. in order I know, to get a game I, I to mean,
2: I, uh, we do have the advantage, you and I, of working at a job where we get a lot of games sent to us. But there are occasions where, you know, if I'm like, I went and bought physical copies of Tears of the Kingdom. Like, I'm not going to not have that game physically, even though you know, Nintendo was nice enough to send me a code to review it. Yeah.
0: So wrapping up this Pikmin 4 conversation, we are going to have another one in the future oh, when you can
2: wait. Real quick uh, on that topic of, of recommendation, right? Like what should you play Pikmin mm-hmm. for Like there's a Pikmin 4 demo um, available now that I think even has a lot of the content like I'm talking about here, like early game. And the, the progress does go forward. So God, like, I love that. If you're I interested love- in Pikmin, like, play the Pikmin 4 demo. Don't even worry about 1, 2, and 3.
0: <laughs> just play the 4 demo. <laughs> I feel like Square Enix is the innovator in that. Like Just as Nintendo was kind of the innovator of, like, the digital press conference instead of doing, like, a live press conference, Square Enix was kind of the one that was like, hey, what if you put out these demos that their progress carried forward? I feel like Bravely Default was the first one that I remember it doing that and being like, oh, that's really I'm cool. Really and now a lot of other developers are doing it. And it's, like, gotten to the point where I won't play a demo Unless I know that the progress is going to carry forward,
2: yeah, same. It's just, it just wasted like a waste uh, of time. time. Yeah.
0: So wrapping up the Pikmin Four conversation here, and again, we are going to have a more in-depth or at least more in summary conversation in a couple of weeks here when you can talk about review. Miyamoto is—he's this has been his baby since it came out, and he has been constantly like talking about how much he loves Pikmin. And it's Pikmin's even the uh, the sole non Mario franchise that makes an appearance in Super Nintendo World. If you go to Universal Studios, there's you can oh, find right. some Pikmin hanging around. That's cool. So, do you understand the hype and the love that he has for this, like, or is it just kind of like I, this is a hundred percent my baby, and I think it's a great idea? Or do you do you see what he sees in it?
2: Um, I I think it's I think it's probably a little bit of the. Former, I guess, right where it's like Miyamoto is very important to Nintendo. He, they look to him for a you know a majority of sort of creative decisions. He created Mario and Zelda, and I think Pikmin is just another one that he's particularly passionate about. Have that he truly created. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I mean, it's not you know it is. I'd I'd have to maybe this will be a future ranking for you of just like Nintendo franchises. I wouldn't put it above a lot like it would kind of be low on my list of, you know, favorite Nintendo sort of characters and franchises. You know, you got Mario and Zelda and Kirby and like Star Fox and stuff like that, like like i i've i i only recently admitted to myself that i i'm a pikmin fan if that makes (laughs) sense like i played two with a friend and and we enjoyed it and but i was always kind of like but yeah i'm not it's kind of a strategy it's kind of an rts it's kind of like if nintendo made an rts and it's like i don't really like rts and pikmin 3 i played and beat and like by the end i i the end boss of that game I actually found quite frustrating so it kind of like left a, a little bit of a bad taste in my mouth and I was like yeah I again I go I like Pikmin I, I but I'm just not a big RTS guy and this is ostensibly Nintendo's RTS and truly it wasn't until like you know two three weeks ago now maybe a month ago that I played Pikmin 1 on Switch and like played it and finished it and enjoyed it and have now started playing Pikmin 4 where I'm kind of like, you know what? I I do like this. And it's silly of me to sort of like always have a qualifier that it's like, yeah, Pikmin's fine, but it's not my favorite thing. Or it's like after playing one and now, you know, uh, playing four, I'm like, you know, I do like Pikmin. This is a good series. And I shouldn't, I don't know why I fought it for so long. And (laughs) to be fair. It's not like one that I'm over the moon for, right?
0: To be fair, if you're ranking franchises of any publisher or developer, Nintendo is about as uh, as big of a murder's row as you can get.
2: Right. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I mean, I,
0: mean I, I think if you count like, all right, well, Square Enix is all one developer and Nintendo is all one developer. I think Nintendo easily has like the best video game lineup in any developer's history.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's probably true. H- how are Pikmin implemented in the park? Are They're they just like- hanging
0: around? There's like, like, you'll look up at a question block and there'll be a Pikmin hanging on one of them.
2: Okay, see, that's like, yeah, I wonder if it's even just a matter of like, that is a great uh, function for Pikmin, right? When you sort of thinking, thinking about a theme park, and like, they have a lot of cool sort of things to look at. Pikmin mm-hmm. just fit into that really well. Because it's like, yeah, there's always dozens of them. They're always hiding around places. Like, it's just fun to place them. You Which know what I like mean? Like an
0: Easter egg for Nintendo fans, I think, and then for people yeah. who don't know, if people are just there at Universal Studios wanting to go visit it, and they just look up and they're like, oh, what are those things?
2: Like <laughs> if they're if they're gonna do Zelda, like they got to go big, right? You either do, you either go all in on Zelda. You don't, you don't just put Zelda Easter eggs, right? You don't mm-hmm. just put Star Fox Easter eggs. You just you have to go big with those. Where Pikmin is like the fun of it is like, oh, they're tiny little creatures that are hiding in the crevices. So let's hide them in the crevices, you know? Yeah. I mean,
0: I would love a Zelda world. I, I think that it would oh, have to be almost yeah. like Nintendo makes their own theme park a la Disney. It, it's not like this is just a corner of Universal Studios, especially the one in L.A. and the one in Hollywood um, is so much smaller than the one in Osaka. It's oh, yeah. it, it's night and day, and I, I don't know where they would even build like more stuff in that Hollywood lot than they already yeah.
2: have. I mean, that that's what it would take, right? It would take like a full expansion. It's not like, oh, we're going to change out this one section. Like they would be like, we're adding a Zelda section, you know, that's what it would have to be. Mm-hmm.
0: But I don't think we're going to get a Pikmin world anytime soon. So yeah, you're right. That is a good utilization of the Pikmin characters. So uh, yeah, Pikmin force out in just a couple of weeks, but um, I played a very different game from what you played, Kyle. Over the Fourth of July holiday, and that was everybody one-two switch.
2: Uh, yeah, I'm I'm excited to hear about this.
0: This came out last Friday, and uh, we did not get early code, which is sometimes a a bad sign for a game. I know it made me concerned, but <laughs> I will say that I, I I didn't I full disclosure I never played the first one because uh, Jeff Markiafava, former game and former editor and current Min Max contributor he just railed on it he he said the the first one was terrible it was an awful launch game and it just wasn't that fun and from what i saw when people were playing it around the office it didn't look very fun
2: yeah i think i think we did we talk about it here on all things nintendo like i always felt a little bad for jeff mark diafava because i you know we had the new fancy exciting nintendo hardware and I was playing Zelda, right? <laughs> and I was like, this... Um, I may be playing one of the best games ever made. And then I would look over at Jeff. I'm just, like, scowling. like I'm Trying <laughs> to milk a cow with a Joy-Con. <laughs> it's just, yeah. Just like, I'm sorry, dude. I'm sorry. Well, I've
0: not put in enough time into everybody 1-2-Switch just yet to, like, put a review or anything like that. I It's very difficult to wrangle a family... How many people were even there? My brother's family is five... Um, three of which are very little kids. Yeah, I was, about to, I
2: was about to ask, like, what was the sort of the age range? You know?
0: Yeah, so there were 10 people okay. at, at my parents' house, and I could only ever wrangle four people at a time at most. So I played a couple of games with me, my partner, and my parents, and then uh, one game with just me versus my brother one-on-one. And it was uh, it was fun overall. I will say that there okay. were some things that do not work very well. There's there's one game in particular where you're trying to do like you're trying to like summon an alien, and in order to do that, you have to do these specific motions, whether it's with your phone or with your Joy-Con. So that that kind of leads us into how the structure is of this game. So the first the first one to switch is very much based around the capabilities of the Joy-Con. This has two modes. There's Joy-Con mode and there's smart device mode. Right. So okay. Joy-Con mode, it's up to eight players. Everybody has a single Joy-Con and the the games are all based around that. So there's one where you hold like the shoulder buttons And you're pumping up a balloon and you're trying to get it as full as possible, as close to like the breaking point without popping it. And whoever gets the closest to like maximum capacity gets the points. And then um, there's another one where it's like a samurai thing where it's like you are you each hold your Joy-Con like a samurai sword. And then like they'll say draw and everybody swings their samurai sword and whoever does it the fastest Gets it now, there's even one that's just like a quiz show where it's like true or false, and then you press Y or or I guess it's yeah, Y or A. Yeah, I always get the, the buttons, confused yeah. I mean, it's of, yeah,
2: right, it's kind of inconsequential to me. The left but yeah. face
0: button or the right face button, for I, yeah. True I use cardinal
2: directions sometimes, it will be like north button, north button.
0: Yeah, I'm just so used to like the Xbox controller or the PlayStation controller or the switch controller. It's hard to remember which one's which, but the left face button or the right face button for true or false. Right. And whoever answers it faster. And it's very easy questions, but it's funny because like, you know, it was like there are, you know, the opposite of North is, and you would be like, and it would say like West and you would say false. And whoever says oh, it fastest okay. gets the point. But because of that, like, you know, my brother and I both got it right away for like the first two and it's like, all right, this, it all comes down to this one. It's double points. And you know, like a Jackbox type experience, you know, that like if it's double points, then the, the other ones barely even matter.
2: So yes, it
0: came down to the last one. It was like the month that comes before August is, and then there's like a long delay. So you're like, kind of like overthinking like, (laughs) all right, what is it? What is it? What is it? Cause like, you know, the month that comes before August is July, but I got it in my head for some reason that it was going to say, September. I thought they were going to screw with me there. So I hit false and but what popped up on the screen was July. And I went, "Oh." And my brother also goes, "Oh, man." And then we were like, "Wait, did you say false?" And they're like, you know, we both presumed it was going to say something else, so we yeah. So we both got it wrong. We both said that it is false that July comes before August. And uh but like it's just like dumb little fun games like that. There was another one where it was almost like the red light green light game from squid game where it right. was like a, a, a there's or like
2: a, you know childhood
0: or childhood <laughs> yeah you don't get gunned down in this one but <laughs> it, they they play up like kind of like the zany factor of it um yeah. there's like a kid that's up against a tree and like he's very huge smile like a, it's almost like a creepy smile how big the smile is and it's like a real kid it's not like a, a cartoon or anything it's like a real kid and they're like You know, red light, green light, freeze, and whatever, and then like you, you have to like move your Joy Cons like you're walking, Mm -hmm. and he'll turn around really fast, and it like the way that like the length of time that like his face is just plastered on your screen. When, like you're supposed to be frozen like I started laughing so hard that I actually shook the controller enough that it thought I moved and I had to go back to the start
1: like <laughs> okay. it's it's, it's it unsettling kind of sounds it sounds cool you it's know? very
0: zany in a lot of ways and there they, some of them are absolute hits like some of the ones I've talked about so far but then there's the one like the alien one where it it it's a hit in the wrong way because it has okay. you like almost like holding your joy con up against your chest and then throwing it straight up in the air and in rhythm with this chant that they're doing. And it's like, Ooh, ah, Ooh, ah, ooh and you're, ah, you're,
2: you're, you're throwing it to, ca- like, you No, have- not throwing it.
0: And- you're like, you're putting your hands up in up in the air, basically holding your hands, like almost like cross-handed
1: and then okay, holding okay. the joy
0: con in it and then straight up and then straight down and then straight up straight up then straight down. And then you have to do it in rhythm. And then once like the aliens that that's like signaling to the aliens to come to you and they land. And then as the aliens get to you closer, you have to, Instead, take it and go back and forth to the rhythm. Mm-hmm. But we did it on our phones first. And that's the other mode, is that there's phone mode as well. And that has up to 100 player support. And it's almost like Jackbox, where everybody scans a QR code, you're in the room, and you can choose individual games, which ones you want to join and which ones you don't. And they split you into two teams. That's Both modes split you into two teams. And on the phone mode, you know, it's just all like the games are all based around the phone, but there are some that work with both, both there's one that works with Joy-Con and they're like, Oh, we figured out a way to make this work with smartphones as well. So with that one, you know, the alien one, they had you press your thumbs in the middle of this screen, like on this, these two parts of the screen and you're putting the phone up and down in the air. When we did it with the phones, we all looked down, we're like, why isn't it working? And we looked down because you're holding your phone and moving it around so much. We had all gone to different apps without realizing it. Like I was on Instagram and I'm like throwing my phone all around. My dad was on like a different website. Like, I guess he had like hit like one of his favorites or his bookmarks and well, right. and my mom had called somebody. So <laughs> it did yeah. not
2: I mean, but that's, ki- Hey, that's, Hey, that's kind of fun in its own way. Right. <laughs>
0: And it wasn't much better with the Joy-Con. Like it worked slightly yeah. better. We released. Were we weren't able to finish it. Like we, it just like all right, it's a draw. Nobody wins in the phone version. At least we were able to finish it in the Joy-Con mode because I guess like the motion sensing is a little bit better. We weren't going to different screens on our phones. Okay, so if you're gonna play play with uh, certain games, certain right? games I think are are great on the the smart device. There's one that's like a, it's almost like a variation on that samurai one where. Uh-huh. Basically, everybody—it's almost—it almost reminded me of Nintendo Land. Actually, you know, like in the Wii U, where like you could on the Nintendo Land where you could like throw the the Ninja Stars. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. There was that aspect of it where everybody had three Ninja Stars on their um their their phone, and one player on the other team had a samurai like the samurai sword, and their job was to deflect the the incoming shurikens. Okay. And when they threw it, you heard a, like a sing. And that's when you knew to swing your, the joy con and you had to basically swing it as they were throwing it. And your job as a person on the smart device was to kind of get their timing off and get it in there. And that, that was fun. That was a good use of it. There was another one where like everybody had their, their smart devices, and you're running an ice cream shop and a rush rush of kids come in. They tell you what what of the four flavor, flavors that they want. You have to take notes really quick. And they're like, I want chocolate. I want vanilla. I want Choco Vanilla Swirl. And you had to like take notes of that. I want blueberry. And like at the end, they're going to ask you like, all right, how many kids ordered blueberry? And you say, all right, three kids ordered blueberry. How many ordered chocolate plus how many ordered choco vanilla swirl and you had to do that and then, all right how many kids were there in total and like you had to answer questions like that and that was a an effective use of it it didn't feel like forced
2: mm-hmm. it's just
0: certain ones especially on the phone didn't work out super great
2: okay so yeah but i mean like but it's it's like goofy fun right like that yeah. when it's when it's successful and you're sort of laughing like it's sort of like it's jack esque Oh, 100%. That's that's like sort of the positive uh, impressions, the good times you had.
0: They lean into it so well. I will give them credit for that, where there are these like really funny, absurd moments, and they lean into it really, really well. They know how far to take a lot of them. Even like the demonstrations, they're like good-natured, but they're also like, ah, it's a little weird. Like, because they'll have like real-life people on the screen demonstrating what you're supposed to do. There was another one where it's like, you stood back to back but not like touching but like you Mm. know like you were like three feet apart back to back you held your joy-con almost on like where your belt buckle would be and you had to do a fighting game but instead of like fighting each other you were thrusting your butt back and like you had to like on the screen you were like fighting Your your basically your your character's butts were fighting and you could like Push them off with sheer force, or you could wait for them to attack and then counter their their attack. It was it was very weird, but like okay. they know what they're doing in that sense, right? Like it's it, it it's fun, it's absurd, and when it works, it is fun. It, it's it's a good time. I know I've said fun quite a bit here, but like that's really what it is. It's it's good natured and enjoyable. And like it's, you, you, if it, you
2: have a group that's like, hey, let's play this silly thing, like that's kind of what you need. Yeah, like if you have a group right.
0: that. That you typically get together and play like stuff like I mean you would have gotten together on the Wii and played like WarioWare or if you would have gotten together to play Jackbox on like a modern platform this might be a good game for them
2: like yeah I mean the original the big thing for me was like there weren't that many mini games so, there were some interesting ones on there but like the bad ones were really bad mm-hmm. and then like I think I just couldn't help but shake the sort of idea of like this new there's this new controller with all these new options why isn't this a warrior wear game right like that's almost like and that's not really fair to that game to be like why aren't you just this other thing that i want more (laughs) right yeah um and and yeah i mean with a warrior wear around the corner that finally truly seems to take advantage of the joy cons right coming up soon yeah like, I'm, it makes me, I, I mean, I gotta admit, like, I don't know how jazzed I could could even be for this, just knowing Warrior is right around the corner, you know?
0: There's a couple of other ones that take advantage of the hardware in ways that I never would have expected them to. There's one for the Joy-Con and one for the phone. The Joy-Con, it's literally called joy I think it's called Joy-Con Hide and Seek. And basically, one team closes their eyes and the other team hides their joy-con somewhere in the room (laughs) i like this i like okay and the the the, once they're like all right the team is ready to find it and you can push different buttons on your joy-con the person who's seeking and it makes it has your the hidden joy-con make different noises so you can make it vibrate you can make it like make like a kind of a high-pitched squeal and i don't know (laughs) what that would tell you that's different from anything else but like It's just like an interesting implementation. The the downside of that is if you get too far away from the switch, it disconnects. So it's like, all right, well, you can't have that many options. I couldn't like be in my basement, which is a pretty long basement, even though like the gaming area is pretty self-contained, but I couldn't like walk to the other side of the basement and hide it like under my computer desk or something. Right, right. So that is the downside of that. But like, that was a fun one. And it's like you had to get creative. Like I actually put it inside of a drawer where like my parents had like storage of like a bunch of old, like home movies and I'm like, ah, oh, they'll never find it here. And it did take them 53 seconds. My mom put it under the stuffed animal on the couch and I found it in literally three seconds. So,
2: <laughs> um, but I, I like that kind of weirdo stuff that uses this controller in kind of a stupid way, but really, even
0: using know? the smartphone in interesting ways was something that I was not surprised or I was, I was not expecting where, they would have like, all right, here is we're, we're like fashion designers now. And they want us to have this like we they, we want to find this particular color for because that's like the hot color of the season. And they would show it up on screen and you go around with your camera on your phone and try to take a picture of something in the room that's as close to that color as possible. And that's something that requires good lighting, as I found, because yeah, my I'm parents' sure, yeah. basement is not very well lit. And I was going around like taking I was like, oh, we need like this dark forest green and they have a foosball table down there. And I took a picture of that and it showed up as like black on the screen. I'm like, all right, well, that that didn't work out so well. But like, I think that if you had a well-lit room, that would actually be a pretty cool game. So there's there's some interesting stuff that they are doing and I'm wanting to play more. So that is that that's a good sign, I guess.
2: <laughs> uh, a good yeah, sign, I Kyle, guess you'll yeah, have to come
0: over and play some with me and see what you think.
2: Because yeah. you have to have oh,
0: multiplayer. You can't just like I can't play it by myself.
2: <laughs> yeah. I mean the other sort of nice thing about it is it is it's thirty bucks, right? So it's not a full priced switch game. Mm-hmm. It's not a sixty dollar game. And I I think I will get a copy and play with my play with my kid. And then she'll have it for when her friends come over too. Like I, I think I'm gonna try it. I think I'm gonna give it a shot.
0: Yeah, like it was a little bit too much for my nephews
2: who are four and two
0: but i think older oh yeah that, that's, that's
2: maybe a little tough yeah that age older range. than
0: that they will they'll be good i think like you know maybe that e10 not for content but for like just understanding how the games work e10 plus might be the age range for this
2: yeah that, that makes sense yeah
0: but yeah that is out now and i'm gonna keep on playing that maybe get a review out here in the coming weeks But Kyle, we're going to take our last break of this episode. And when we get back, we're going to do Definitive Ranking and eShop Gem of the Week. We will be right back. We are back, and it is time for Definitive Ranking, a recurring segment where we take a Nintendo topic and give our personal top five lists. We are halfway through 2023. So, Kyle, I want to get your top five games you're looking forward to through the end of this year. So start at five, count it down to one. Give me a sentence or two about each. This is only going to be focused on games that are going to come to Switch. So keep that in mind when you give your top five.
2: Cool. Um, number five. I've already got asterisks here. You've got to love asterisks on, <laughs> <Nothing to laughs> on lists. I'm like asterisks. So my number five is Pikmin 4. Right, because it's not out yet, but I am playing it. Right, so I don't know if that's cheating. I don't know if that counts. Right, if it's like, is it can it be most anticipated if I'm playing it? Well, I, I don't have know what the rules two are. Two
0: games on my list, but and I'm, I'm currently playing one of them. So okay, go for it.
2: My backup was Disney Illusion Island. I'm I'm curious about that game. Uh, um, I've said a lot about Pikmin Four already. I Disney Illusion Island, uh, looks very Rayman. Esque rayman origins uh rayman legends specifically so and i like uh i like mickey he's a cool guy that i want to be friends with <laughs> um and this so, lets you do that yeah i mean and i still have some trepidation about that game right like um the developers last game battle toads was uh like south of fine like you know what i mean like it mm-hmm. had good animation but i was not I only played the first couple levels and I was like I don't I'm not really enjoying this. Um yeah. and Disney Illusion Island will live or die on how fun it is to run around and jump. And I don't know how fun it is to run around and jump yet because I haven't got my hands on it yet. But I like the way that game looks.
0: Well, a couple of weeks ago Wesley LeBlanc was talking about Disney illusion Island and he seemed pretty positive on it. So
2: yes. Yeah. Yeah. He did. I believe got to play it. I think pretty Um, sure
0: he, he got his hands on it out at summer game fest.
2: Yeah, I believe so. So yeah, uh, cautiously optimistic about that one. Uh, Number four, sea of stars. Uh, I (sighs) I wanted
0: to put that one on mine.
2: Yeah. The, the heavily inspired by chrono trigger RPG. I, uh, it was on our cover. And I wrote that story. So I, as a result, I got to play like the first like five or six hours of that game. Um, I have played a lot of Sea of Stars, and I really like what I played. Like I, my, I, w- I was, I was mad that I had to put it down and couldn't keep going because I was really enjoying it mechanically, and I wanted to see where it was going. And it looks great. Uh, very excited for Sea of Stars.
0: Yeah, that one caught my eye. So I was actually, I think I may have said this on the podcast before, but I actually was pre-briefed on that game and it was like i want to say the first week that we were in lockdown like they reached out they're like hey we have like this pre-brief opportunity for the next game from the messenger developer and it was just like me and the two guys that were like in charge of the studio like or in charge of the game talking about it and they were like in an empty room in their studio (laughs) and i was just on my computer that i'm recording this podcast on
2: yeah, learning now the norm, this, right? This but back game. then it was like, what am I, what is happening? Yeah, it
0: was so <laughs> weird back then. Like that was like my first like remote interview was learning about the existence of Sea of Stars.
2: Oh, nice, nice.
0: But yeah, I've been excited about it ever since. And I, I think it only looks better every time I see it. Absolutely gorgeous animations, gorgeous art style. The music sounds great. And yeah, you know, that's not even saying anything about the cool uh, combat system.
2: Yeah, another game that there is a demo available, but uh, they released it so early that I, d- I don't think it's one where progress would yeah. come forward. I would
0: bet the game even changed a little bit since they released that demo. Just cause oh yeah, so, undoubtedly yeah. So far in the the past yeah. All right, number three.
2: Uh, now number three, man, This might feel low, but uh, Super Mario Brothers Wonder. What? Me. Yeah, I, I that game looks great. I can't wait to play it. I am not the biggest 2D Mario fan, it, right? Like, if, if when it comes to Mario, I am I am squarely like 3D. I am get way more excited about 3D Mario um, than 2D, which I don't know if I that might be blasphemy for some people. What's but, the
0: best Mario game of all time?
2: Uh, Super Mario Galaxy.
0: Okay, fair yeah. enough.
2: Yeah, and it, like I don't i i missed the boat on super mario world i was playing donkey kong country you know like weird things like that i i didn't wasn't an nes kid new super mario brothers was like just did did very little for me i played like the first one and i was just like this is okay and then um i uh i love super mario world 2 yoshi's island i love that game but um you know it doesn't really it feels a little different than a traditional Mario game
0: What is your favorite
2: 2D Mario game Super Mario World 2 Yoshi's Island
0: I thought we were saying that was did you haven't you in the past argued that that is squarely a Yoshi game and not a Mario game
2: No I'm on the other side of that argument okay. because I asked Tezuka and he said you know it is a Mario game
0: Oh all right well um, then I'm on that side of the argument as well
2: But what but the thing that I'm saying is you know, it, the it's semantics whether it counts as a Mario game, right? Like, does that even truly matter? But you can't deny that it does feel a little different than Mario. It like absolutely you're, does. You're throwing eggs, and you're, you know, you're using your tongue. Like, that's those are mechanics that don't exist in other Mario games. But uh, this, neither here nor there. I'm very excited for Super Mario Brothers Wonder. It's it's like the most drug-addled Mario game to ever come <laughs> doing to existence, and I'm I'm very excited to play it. But Personally, like the things that I like in in Nintendo games and video games, I would I'm more excited for my number two uh WarioWare movement. Um I love WarioWare. I specifically love WarioWare Shake It for the Wii. I played that game so much. That was like a multiplayer staple in my house. You know, like I was it was like sort of that I was it was it came out when I was in college, so I still had like roommates and stuff. And that or was not, like the multi.
0: Shake it. Was it shake it or was it smooth moves? Oh,
2: you're right. It was smooth moves. I was thinking of Wario Land shake it. I was getting all confused. WarioWare smooth moves. Um, I, like I said, love WarioWare in nearly all its forms. And smooth moves was just like some of the most fun multiplayer experiences I had because it's like a game that you have to like play standing up and be silly and goofy, right? Mm-hmm. It's like it's what I think everybody one to switch is sort of going for right but I I just feel like you know smooth moves was a lot more successful and um yeah I, I move it just looks great it looks like it's finally a WarioWare game that's using all the capabilities of the joy cons uh, I played and had a blast with the last WarioWare. I played it with my daughter and we had a really good time and laughed the whole way through but it was like more like a third person like sort of 2d game action game with a on top of wario wear yeah, and it was less way.
0: WarioWare than any WarioWare game that we've had in a while yeah Not like, like it's I, diy
2: i i enjoyed it like it was all right but like I, I i this looks more like kind of like we're gonna do crazy things with joy cons and mini games or micro games rather and i'm very excited for it which uh, that is I'm, what i
0: wanted since before game and wario came out on Wii. yeah
2: U yeah i just
0: man, wanted a successor work. to warrior Wear smooth moves because like you that was just the game that I, when i was in college i would have people over and we would just have a couple uh adult beverages and play warrior Wear smooth moves until it was basically like we would play that for hours on end Hell yeah. it was so much fun laughing until our sides hurt
2: yes yeah I mean, i'm glad you're on the same page there yeah warrior where move it very excited for that uh, and like i said like if you put that in front of me in Super Mario Brothers Wonder, I mean, call me crazy, but I would I would grab, move it first. Just I mean, maybe it's the nostalgia for that time, but um, yeah.
0: Well, I will and, call you crazy, but continue. It's a good yeah, entry. it's fair, a good entry in your list.
2: Yeah, and my number one again. This is like you know, it's our list, right? Super Mario RPG. Is just very special to me. Um, I didn't under, I full on did not understand turn-based RPGs when I was young. Right. Mm -hmm. Like I would play final fantasy when I was, you know, I'm I'm talking like elementary school kind of age. And I just like, didn't understand it. I was like, you're like walking around and then everything stops. And then you have to select punch from a menu. Like, I just like, didn't get it. Um, But when I played super Mario RPG, like, Every, it all clicked for me. Um, it's the first turn based RPG that I finished. And I really love that game. And also, I just assumed that Nintendo was like done with it. Like it was a weirdo relationship that was, you know, they partnered with Square Enix to make this weird game that they acknowledge they'll put on the virtual console occasionally. But for the most part, they're like, yeah, I mean, we're not, we can't revisit that game. It, the characters are too weird. The world mm-hmm. is too weird. So I was like blown away. I was really surprised when they announced that they were remaking it fully. And it, they're also seem to be approaching it in the way that I want is like, that they're just basically, it looks like they're just like updating the visuals, right? And adding like cutscenes to important story moments. But like the way the game, like, and this is all just based on like looking at this trailer a few times, like the structure of like moving around the level looks the same, the combat looks the same. Like those, those elements of the game that I, love and don't really need to see changed seem to be intact and then the visuals uh, have gotten a big upgrade i'm mm-hmm. just it, it's it's there's a lot of nostalgia there there's a lot of personal just like i said that game is just important to me in a lot of ways like that stuff is all a factor there where it's like it's a remake admittedly it's not something new and that's and it, I, I, sometimes that's like lame right it's lame to put a remake as number one but I, I want to revisit that game and like I want to do it on Switch with those new visuals. And I'm, I'm very excited for it. Like, I when I put these lists together, I always think about like if you put those three, three, you know, these five games in front of me Mario RPG, WarioWare, Super Mario Brothers, Wonder, Sea of Stars, Pikmin 4, Disney Illusion Island. The one I would grab first to check out first would be Super Mario RPG. Like, that's that's the one I want to see and play. Uh, the most, but uh, I'm obviously very excited about it for the other ones as well.
0: I mean, I think it's just because it was so unexpected. Like, n- everybody kind of thought we'd get a new Mario game, whether it was a 2D or a 3D game.
2: Yeah, that's, that was, that's in the works, right? There, there's always something sort of in the background for that.
0: But the fact that we got a remake of a game that it just seemed like Nintendo flat out forgot about. And it wasn't even <laughs> yes. a Nintendo-developed game. It was a Square Enix-developed game, right? It's just Square, even. Or Square, like, I guess, it's before just throwing... Square Enix was a, yeah. an entity.
2: Which is just a timestamp. It really not. I'm not like trying to correct you or anything. It's just like that's how long ago that game was, you know,
0: and like it's never really acknowledged like everybody was like, oh, well, Gino going to be in Smash and nope.
2: <laughs> yeah, like they have they have like the outfits for Gino in Smash and it was on the Wii U and Wii Virtual Console, but I truly was like, that's all we're getting.
0: It was on the and- SNES Classic as well.
2: Oh, it was. Oh, right. Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. Like I just, I kind of always assumed Nintendo saw it as like a library curio, right? They're like, yeah, that's a thing. Like, you know, you can check that out, but it's like, we're not going to like to have a completely original game and a Mario, a a completely original character to, you know, Gino and like whole races of characters in like Mario games which like historically i've heard miyamoto is often says like for the mario rpg and paper mario games he's like you can only feature characters that appeared in super mario world like no no new characters you know even like super paper mario they had like a new new characters but they were like geometric shapes right like you can't (laughs) you got to keep it simple like nothing can overshadow the the mario characters where mario rpg has like characters that like are bizarre and weird and look different and don't really align with Nintendo's typical Mario style Mm -hmm. so I just thought that they were like it was just never gonna come back you know but it is and I'm very excited for it
0: well that is a solid list and I am shocked because only two games overlap on here wow
2: I'm surprised okay
0: number five for me is WarioWare Move It and as you all the reasons you said, it seems like a successor to my favorite WarioWare game, which was Smooth Moves on Wii. And I Wii. could not be more excited. I, I think that you and I are going to have to get together and play this game.
2: God, yeah, I guess I got it. We got to gotta leave the house. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, I will happily host that uh, that that gathering. For I'm sure one of us will end up reviewing it since we're both smooth-move enthusiasts, which was a harder sentence to say than I thought it would be when, it, when, <laughs> right, yeah. when I started it. Uh, number four, Persona 5 Tactica. And I think this might be purely on my love for Persona 5 carrying this because I'm not the biggest tactics guy. I love like some of the staples, like um, like XCOM 2. Those are that's one of my favorite tactical games of all time. Mario plus rabbits is awesome. But I love Persona 5 so much that I'm excited for another adventure with those characters. And, you know, if they can make a a solid tactics game, I would happily spend another however many hours in that universe because I just love those characters and I want to be on another adventure with them. So that's why that's number four for me. Number three and number two might feel like cheating. Number three is a game that's coming to Switch, but I'm not playing it on Switch. That is Mortal Kombat 1 and
2: yeah yeah i mean it's yeah maybe i'll dabble with the switch version right to try it out see how it runs if we want
0: and you want me i'll give an asterisk on this one if we want to trade it out for one that i will likely play on switch then i'll put sonic superstars there instead okay yeah that i played it at summer game fest it played super well and uh you know there's co-op in it there's cool powers that you can do It, it the 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 gameplay feels super tight and it plays better than any other attempt at modernizing the 2D genre outside of Sonic Mania in terms of Sonic uh, games. So, yeah, Sonic Superstars, but also Mortal Kombat 1 is a game I'm going to play probably on like PlayStation or Xbox. But that was also a game that I had a really great time playing at Summer Game Fest. And I don't know, maybe the Switch version will be fine because they're having the same company that made... The switch version of Mortal Kombat 11, which seems like it ran perfectly okay.
2: Yeah, and these these are not they're not cloud games, right? Correct. See, that's nice. Okay, I I would rather it it's as dumb maybe it's dumb, but like I would rather take a visual hit, um, than play a cloud version, you know?
0: Yeah, I would agree with you 100. I like I told Ed Boone in my interview from I guess it was a month ago now on this this podcast feed if it was a cloud version, I would be like, yeah, and you know what? I'm just going to play on PlayStation. I'm good. But the fact that it's local is like, Oh, maybe I do want that on the go because like, if it's a cloud version, if I'm on a plane, I cannot play mortal Kombat one. If it's a cloud version, if it's local, as Ed told me on the, the, the interview then I can play it on the plane. And that's the biggest thing for me. Otherwise it's like, why would I have the visual compromise if I can't take advantage of, you know having the main reason you get a game on the switch when it's multi-platform which is the mobility
2: yeah i mean and uh, even like the the, there is that the plane argument right which i think is totally valid if a bit elitist brian flying all over you know (laughs) like some kind of ceo that you are uh you do a lot (laughs) of travel for this job so it, it actually makes a lot of sense for you but um I just, like, I have good internet in my house. I'm I'm happy with my speed and stuff like that. But, like, it, there is no denying that, like, the Wi-Fi is just inconsistent. Like, I can buy the best Wi-Fi routers, and I can have the best internet. But it there's still, there's just going to be the occasional hiccup. And it's just always going to drive me crazy. It's just, I, I don't know how to avoid it, you know?
0: Well, at least we have Kingdom Hearts 1 and 2 as cloud games on the Switch. So stupid. <laughs>
2: that was such a bummer.
0: Uh, number two... Again, might feel like cheating because it's been out for almost a year now, maybe even longer than that. Vampire Survivors.
2: Right. That's a good entry. I like that, honestly. Yeah. I'm so
0: excited to have a full version of that on the go because I was. that's actually how I passed my time. So I, I, I was on the plane yesterday. I was Wednesday. We're recording this on a Thursday. I was on a plane Wednesday afternoon. I was trying to play Tears of the Kingdom on my Switch. Because I had brought my Switch to my parents' house, because I was playing Mario Kart and everything, I'd packed two Pro Controllers. I was trying to play Tears of the Kingdom in handheld mode, and for some reason, I guess the, like the, the bumpiness of the plane kept making it so the Pro Controller that was in my carry-on kept activating, and the Switch oh, oh no. kept trying to connect to that, so I couldn't do that. I couldn't use my Switch. Because like the the seatbelt sign was was illuminated most of the ride, so I couldn't even like get up to really fix it without the flight attendant yelling at me. So I was like, you know what, I'm just gonna put my switch away. And what I did was I played Vampire Survivors on my phone, which is right. fine. It 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 runs well. It it plays just fine. It's just the touch screen controls just don't feel as precise as you sometimes need in that game. And I got overwhelmed a few times where I was like, I could have probably made that out, made out of that if I was on like a controller. And I know that the yeah, yeah. most of the time, 99% of the time when I'm flying with my Switch, I'm fine because I don't have my pro controller packed and it's not getting activated by my iPad or whatever is in my. <laughs> that's, such
2: a, that's such a funny bummer <laughs> that it's like your pro controller kept going like, oh, hey, dude you? Did you want to play? No. Oh, okay. You don't want to play. Okay. I'm sorry. <laughs> like I was trying to
0: explore the depths and I was trying to like glide around and it's like every like 20 seconds, it kept going to that like controller select screen of like, Oh, you want to play with the, the, the pro controller. Okay. And I'm like, no handheld mode. And eventually I just gave up, but yeah. So having a competent stick based version, tactile control based version of vampire survivors to be able to take on the go. Cause I don't have a steam deck that would be a game changer for my travel because you can lose hours upon hours playing that game. And it, it it's like I said, a couple, a couple weeks ago when I was coming back from summer game fest, and I was like, tears. Of the kingdom is like a time travel device when you're on a plane, because like right. you just get lost. It's like, I was playing it. And then I looked up and it was like, Oh, it's been two hours and I've been playing this game. And now, you know, we're almost done with this flight. I feel like vampire survivors would be that same way. So that that's why it's my number 2 on this list. And then number 1, don't have to go into it too much. Super Mario Brothers Wonder. New 2D Mario game that takes some chances. It's giving us new mechanics, giving us a new art style. It's not new Super Mario Brothers whatever. It it that, which that was starting to feel so vanilla like the the 1 2 and we felt so novel. And then you while such a good game like mechanically and everything it just looked and felt exactly like the wii version and it was like this just feels like a remake and then they remade it again for switch so i don't know yeah. like i'm glad yeah, they're taking some that, chances with this the, that they're...
2: series just has never done it for me i don't know like none of the none of those marios like i i don't i i finished the first one on ds um and and like every other subsequent release, like I maybe play the first couple levels. I'm like, "Eh, I'm good.
0: (laughs) It just (laughs) doesn't feel as, I don't know, exciting as the NES and SNES Mario games did.
2: Sure. Yeah.
0: Mario brothers. Wonder gives me that sense. And hopefully it feels that way when I actually get to play it, it gives me that sense of like, okay, this is something new and this is a different art style because that was, what was so cool about the Mario games in the early days, right? Where it was like, every single game had a different art style.
1: Yeah. And of course yeah. it
0: was all unified in Mario all-stars if you got that package, but like, that was just a, a special bundle. The fact that they had, you know, Mario one looked distinct from Mario two USA, at least Mario two USA looked different from Mario three. And then Mario world and Yoshi's Island all looked so different from one another. And it felt good in that way. I think that if they did one or even just two games with that art style of new super Mario brothers it would be looked back on as a very cool thing. And even people would probably be like, oh, I wish we'd get another game in that art style because that was so cool. But it felt like they just kind of were resting on their laurels with the art style and with like kind of the the creativity of that sub series. And that this feels like this, this is like the next evolution of that. And that's why I'm so excited about it.
2: Yeah, no, I, the big thing for me is just how expressive he seems to be and like the way he moves and like, you know, changes his positioning when he's at the apex of his jump and stuff like, yeah,
0: that, that, that stuff all looks great. I'm excited. Absolutely. For that so as we covered in this, so many great games on the horizon, but Kyle, we're going to end the episode as we have traditionally done, looking back at a game that's already out that maybe people missed. And that is the eShop gem of the week. I am going to give my pick this week. And that is Gato Robato. Have you played this game? Brian, I reviewed this game. Oh, so you can, you and I can share in the joy of Gato Roboto. It is a Metroidvania in kind of like the Game Boy style of like uh, visuals. I think you can even choose like your color palette and everything, but it, it's, yeah, it's, it's just a Metroidvania a- where you're a little cat running around jumping in a mech and you get different powers and open up different paths. It, it's traditional Metroidvania in that sense. But with a uh, feline twist. So, what else did you like about Gato Roboto?
2: The <laughs> yeah, so yeah, you're a cat with a mech suit, and then a lot of the game is like like jumping out of the mech suit to have more maneuverability. But then in the mech suit, you have, you know, like health and, you know, weapons and stuff like that. I also, there's this, it's just a thing. the one thing I always remember about Gato Arbada that I like is in the narrative that the idea, the story of the game is that you're, you're, uh, you're a pilot. You crash land on a planet and then you have a pet cat and you're like stuck in the rubble and the pet cat goes out and does tasks to try to save you.
0: I forgot and about like, that.
2: Yeah, <laughs> And you have these conversations with the cat. Um, where the the astronaut is like you need to go to this level and, and flip this switch and then he'll be like you know i i actually don't know if you're listening to me because you're a cat um uh, <laughs> but i'm just gonna keep telling you to do stuff and things seem to be happening so i just always like that little twist of the game is like is the astronaut like is reliant on the cat for help but the cat is ultimately like what we would consider a normal cat <laughs> where it's just like the guy's just like well i hope you're uh, doing these things i'm asking you to do because i would like to get out of here alive <laughs>
0: <laughs> so
2: it's a super
0: enjoyable game especially if you love metroidvania as kyle indicated there's a good amount of humor in it as well running around as the cat outside of the mech actually feels really good too um and i, I like that mechanic of like all right sometimes you're just riding around in the mech you're you have all these powers and other times you're just like this kind of defenseless little cat that's Trying to open up new pathways so the mech can get through, uh, but it's only eight dollars, which is a major selling point. And it's I think it was just recently on sale for two dollars. I know it's as of this recording on sale on Steam for only two dollars. So that's
2: oh yeah, a, that's a that's no a brainer right there. Because it's, um, it's not, and this is a, this is I say this as a positive thing. It's also not very long. I think it's like three or four hours. Yeah. You know, like and which is it's just it gets in and it gets. In and out in in like the perfect amount of time, Um, you know, so yeah, good, good recommendation for sure.
0: And it came out in 2019. I think it's on other platforms now. I think originally it was just Switch and Steam. I think it has since made its way at least to Xbox. I believe it was on Game Pass for a while, if if not still on there. So there's plenty of options if you want to check it out. It's a great Switch game because as I indicated before, it kind of emulates that Game Boy visual style. and and it's I don't know it's just a really really good metroidvania game and it's bite sized as well which is nice and and it's very affordable so check it out if that sounds appealing to you but Kyle thanks so much for joining me for this episode
2: yeah thanks for having me
0: and thank you so much to everyone for listening do me a favor if you haven't already throw all things nintendo a five-star review and hit that subscribe button if you want to get any questions or comments in you can get in touch with me at all at gameinformer.com or hit me up on instagram at brian pichet i'm also on blue sky and threads now so you can follow me there at brian pichet on both of those you can also join the game informer community discord which is a perk for subscribing to our twitch channel even just for one month kyle tell people something about your online presence
2: um, yeah, still poking around Twitter, uh, but yeah, Blue Sky is the one I'm sort of focusing on mostly these days. Uh, Kyle Hilliard on there. No, Usually I have an M in the middle, but I was able to drop the M for Blue Sky. I did sign up for Threads last night, man, but I don't know. It's just another one of those things. Oh, no, yeah.
0: <laughs> it's hard to keep up with all It's like, what am I going to do? Just post on all of these? Like, copy-paste everything to both, and then hopefully one of them prevails, and we can just stop that?
2: Yeah. I'm hopeful. I'm sort of leaning blue sky. Let's so seems to be where people are moving, and so we'll see. We'll see. I would love to get away from Twitter. Though. That'd be great.
0: I did it months ago and have not regretted it once. Aside from losing my 10.5 thousand followers, that's the only downside to... Because now it's like I look yeah. at my following on blue sky and it's like 200 i'm like oh
2: (laughs) yeah you gotta build that back up
0: but that is our show for this week thank you again for listening take care we will see you next time